Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 212. Hey, my Richers entrepreneurs, I'm Hayut, and I'm so happy to be here with you, like any Monday. The Best Advice by Amy Rose Herrick, my guest this week, was I really believe in starting any business with a vision of how you are going to sell it. Amy bought and sold many businesses, including selling a second-generation family business in one week. I think Amy brings a very different and realistic approach to how entrepreneurs should run their businesses. And I believe all of us entrepreneurs should listen very carefully to her advice. Amy Rose Herrick is America's profit-building specialist. Business owners implement her secret profit systems to increase profitability 10 to 100 thousands of dollars or more by eliminating their hidden profit-eating black holes. Clients have turned to Amy since 1991, accelerating profits, increasing bottom lines, demystifying root causes of business losses, and making more money without requiring adding costly inventory, changing locations, or adding more stuff. Amy Rose has several books for sale on Amazon too. Her most recent release is a number one Amazon bestseller, Pack Faith First, Suitcases Second, A Decade of Miracles After 50. That tells the story of her complete life to order moving from the Midwestern United States to a small Caribbean island with her spouse, four school-aged kids, the family dog, a few pilots of possessions with no jobs, family, or friends to go to. Amy Rose Herrick, what a great pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hello, it's a pleasure to be with you too. I'm so happy we are talking and I just shared with our audience, our listeners, what you've done until now. And I would like you to share with us what are you doing most passionate about today and where are you heading? Well, I am most passionate about helping small business owners make more money in their business. So many people invest, you know, years of savings and the effort in it or they're struggling. So I help business owners increase their profits this year and every year and it doesn't matter where your business operates the concepts and formulas and things i work with apply regardless of currency what is the main concept that you're working with well within that is every business is always very focused on sales because of course sales are the lifeblood of the business to make revenue to enable you to do Um, whatever it is that you need to do when paying employees or for your spaces or buying more product. I look at it from the other side of what can we do within the business in every different area of the business 
to maximize the amount of profit dollars we get to keep. And I find that there are many business owners that may be brilliant at bringing in the sales or they may be brilliant at what they do. But that doesn't mean they're brilliant at maintaining a very profitable bottom line. And it doesn't matter how much your gross is or how much your gross sales are. We need to know what's the net profit of the company. That's where the story is really told. Where are you heading? Where am I heading? I am heading in the direction that one of my life goals is to change the awful statistics that I see based in the U.S. of at least 60% of businesses were failing before COVID ever hit. And if you had a dollar in profit, you were considered to be a success. And Mm -hmm. I'd like to see that change to where 80% of businesses are profitable because we are losing enormous amount of resources and things that are not being carried into future generations because of the money that is being lost on failing businesses. Mm -hmm. I love you saying that because I'm working with entrepreneurs for the same reason. A lot of them are failing because of lack of marketing, not having a market need or not finding their market need. So that's why I'm working with them. So both of us are trying to change this uh, bad statistic of 66% failures. Yeah, that is. And when I deal with entrepreneurs, because they're still small business owners, and small, you know, is anything, you know, from one to 500, which is a a very wide graph. With that, so many of them, really, they need to do marketing. But I believe that when you spend any money on marketing or advertising, you have got to have a return on investment or an ROI. And so many times they don't have any idea when they commit to a program, whether it's going to give them a return on that investment or not. And I don't care how many people know your name or can mention your name. (laughs) If they are not translating into sales, that means the marketing is not working for you. (laughs) It's a long discussion. Yes. Because sometimes knowing your name means that in the near future, much more sales will get in. Tell me a bit about your career. How did you start? How did you get where you are? And tell me about your book. There is a book called The Same Book, isn't it? Oh, yes, that was a blessing. Well, my history is a little varied. I started in the corporate world where I did inventory control and cost accounting. I ended up moving into employee benefits. And then I worked in somewhat of a tax aspect. I also dealt with um, office management. So very heavily into the corporate world, but also having an ability to work in multiple areas as a result of that. And understanding sales and invoicing and projections and all of that. Mm-hmm. Over time, I, in addition to working in the career, I have bought and sold businesses I have closed a second-generation family business, so it was very painful. I've seen all aspects of it. So many of the things that I had learned, I was able to leverage and help business owners on a more of a one-on-one basis. And I've taught classes for uh, on contract for NRIs, SBDC, and then I do classes here in the U.S., or AARP, which is a large organization, and I do those in the Virgin Islands. That's for individuals. 
And that led me to where I'm saying I can only do so much one-on-one and I can walk in any business and I can tell them there's how you could increase your bottom line by at least ten to a hundred thousand dollars. Do this, do this, do this, and I can do it very quickly. But I can't be everywhere. So the courses that I developed were very narrowly focused so that we can work on an area and I can teach the, the owner yeah. how where's this money being lost, give them the formulas, give them the workbooks if they need those in order to find it, you know, to work it and see what the differences are. And that's how I ended up building the platform is taking over three decades of hands-on experience. I really am a learner, so I'm always learning about something else and trying to give others the opportunity to learn what it's taken me over three decades to learn in just Mm -hmm. a few minutes and be able to apply it. Wow. You are an entrepreneur as well, and I would like to ask you what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur that is listening to us right now? Uh, This may not be what you're expecting, Mm -hmm. but I really believe in starting any business with a vision of how you are going to sell the business so it is sellable on the day that you're ready to sell it. You will have this business, and there are some businesses that are going okay, but maybe you see another opportunity elsewhere. If the business is not sellable, we can't let go of it. And I'll give my own example in my belief that you should always have a business sellable from day one so that when you need to let go of it or you want to let go of it, you have got a product that can be sold. And if you are the business, you can't be sold. I had the perfect storm in my business life. I had um, my long-term assistant was retiring. I was closing a branch office and getting ready to bring on a virtual assistant um, that I was in the process of. Um, I had a family member who then had breast cancer for the third time that required care, and there were other things. This all happened where they were all the pieces were coming together in less than 24 hours. And I said, I'm done. I needed to jump on a plane. And while I was sitting on the plane looking at how am I going to do this, because entrepreneurs are very adaptable. That's who we are. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I am ready to let go. I'm going to let go of this particular business and focus on other things I want to do and take care of the family, whatever that means. And I can do this. I landed on Sunday. On Monday, I was on the phone. By Wednesday, um, I was in someone's office. And Saturday, I wrote the contract. We mailed the terms and things out. Saturday, I had a check in my hand for the first installment. And I sold my securities practice that I'd had for 25 years. Wow. But I knew someday I'm going to want to sell this business. My, I originally thought I would probably do that business well into my 70s. That's not what happened, but I had a sellable product. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And I'm asking myself, what do you mean by a sellable product? As you said, if the business is you, you're not sellable. But what a business should be in order to be sellable? All right. You need to have your books in order. So your accounting needs to be in order to show whether you have a profit or a loss and very clearly differentiate between what might be owner perks that you were doing and what is strictly a business expense. 
because any buyer is going to be looking at your last, you know, at least one year, but probably three to five years of financials to see if this business is paying the owner, if it's making money or where they think they can do better than you can. You also need to have some type of a list of what your suppliers are, if that is an integral part. In my case, I had a variety of software and different things that supported making many aspects of the business very easy to take over and do. I had that list ready to go and how that this can be transitioned where we could share it for two or three months until they had their own up or or were able to migrate the data or the client base onto another system. I had all my client files scanned, you know, any records that they may need so that all we had to do was transfer files. But I, I want you to think about that if you handed somebody the keys to your business, whatever those keys look like, would they be able to walk in and have access to everything that you have access to now so there would be very little interruption in the flow of delivering services or goods to clients? That's sellable. Hmm. Doesn't think of it that way, I must say. We've got successes and we'll talk about them in a minute. However, I want to ask you what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? Probably there were two things. The first thing was and one of the industries I mentioned that I was in the securities practice and insurance, mm-hmm. they did not allow you to post any type of testimonials. It didn't matter how good you were. It was strictly forbidden in that particular industry. And the mistake I made was not collecting testimonials anyway and mm-hmm. just holding them back for when I would want them on another day. Because as I shifted out of that and went to other endeavors, I didn't start out with testimonials that could have been transferable if I had the foresight to collect them. So that would be one thing is as you're looking at your journey, even if you don't use the testimonials now, get those testimonials, put them in a file because you may need them later as you're starting up on another endeavor just to show um, your trustworthiness, to show you know what sure. your value would be. That would be one of them. The other failure I would say is that there was a very short period of time where I had an unqualified staff person working for me, and it was difficult to replace them because of things that I was juggling, Mm -hmm. but that hurt me because when it was realized really the extent, then trying to undo the damage and trying to catch back up and then fix things was difficult. So as ruthless as it sounds, if you hire an individual and you have made a mistake, you need to rectify the mistake quickly, whether that means move them into another position if you have that available, or you need to terminate them because it will cost you dearly in the end. Now I would like you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers? Because I have done so many different things over the years with individuals and with business, 
you know, business owners overlap because they have personal issues. There's one that comes to mind right away because this individual, they had a, a you know, a small business. Uh, their wife also had one. Very, very early, this individual had um, Alzheimer's and oh. their dementia that was onset. And it was also very, very quick with the way things happened. We, again, I've always planned for what's your exit strategy from the business. I encouraged and strongly recommended and then helped put in place a life insurance contract for this couple that had a provision in it that if there was a chronic illness or a terminal illness, that it would advance death benefits tax-free in order to take care of that. And in this particular case, when all of this happened and they were not able to stay at home, they needed full-time care, we were able to trigger that benefit and it took the weight off of the spouse at home because all of the long-term care bills, now there was money to pay for them. There was money left over, you know, she could reorganize and it wasn't ever anything that we wanted to happen. But because we had the foresight and they trusted my advice when I said, you are vulnerable here because we could lose the business. We could have medical bills. Things will happen because this person was the business and we knew Mm -hmm. that. And so I would say that is one of my life successes because she is able to continue on. He is able to get all of the care that he needs, and they are not bankrupted. And that was an enormous blessing, just having that one piece of the puzzle that we Mm. didn't know if we'd ever need it. But when we did, it was the difference for that family in surviving and not surviving and thriving. It's a beautiful story. You're like uh, taking care of the windy days, isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. And and I tell people, you know, life happens. It doesn't happen the way you expect it to. But there are many wonderful things that happen that you never planned. Sometimes those are children and grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes there are things that you don't plan. Like this gentleman never anticipated he would have Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. However, when life happens, if you have a plan for when everything goes according to plan, and you've got a black up plan for when it doesn't, life still happens, but it happens much easier. Right. That's true. And can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and can help other entrepreneurs as well? I use a lot of tools, and over the years I have implemented tools because they were the solution, and then over time I've had to replace them. There has been one tool that I have been using, which sounds like a dinosaur. I think I originally started using it in 2005, maybe? Long time. And it is called Advisor's Assistant. I originally did it for managing my um, investment clients and data. And it ended up being my CRM for absolutely everything. And it's not perfect. 
but I have been able to adapt it for everything that I need on calendar integration. But to me, the value of having all of those notes and records and everything that I have in there is priceless mm. for me. But that is unique to me. So are you recommending CIA? Um The advisor's assistant, they have other versions that are for different specialties, but advisor's assistant is specifically for investment advisor or people in the insurance industry. And because of the regulatory uh, things I did, it was a perfect tool. But over the years, because I'm so fluent in it and it's adaptable and I can do what I want, I've continued to keep it. And I see no reason to replace it. I have not found anything that would be better for me. But there are some excellent CRM systems. And I would encourage anyone that goes back to, you know, is a business trance? Can you sell it? If you have a CRM system, you want to have the adaptation in that. So someday when you do let go of this business, I want you to keep a copy of that database and all of those contacts because that could also help launch you on your next business. Mm -hmm. And that has enabled me to already have, you know, a database to work with. Maybe, maybe 100% of it isn't applicable, but I can carve out that portion that is. And I've already got something to work with that I can continue building on. And I don't know what I may want to go back to that was five years ago as the world changes. So I I believe that finding a really good CRM with the intention that you're going to build this database for many years is very important no matter what you do. Because let's see, 15, uh, 15, you know, so what am I in 16 years now that I have been in the same one? That is a huge amount of resource sure. and a database that I that is transferable it is mine I can take it anywhere hmm. Love it. you know there are many factors that affect one's success however I do believe that for each of us there is one factor that really helps us succeed and I want to ask you what is your one key success factor I would say that I am teachable hmm. I never stop learning. In order to maintain the designations that I have, I put in easy 40-plus continuing ed hours a year that's required. That does not mean that I don't do more. There is so much opportunity out there, and you are a sum of everything you've learned over the years and the experiences that you've had. As tax laws change, as um, insurance products change, uh, you know, like the gentleman I mentioned, mm-hmm. and as the world changes and your family dynamics and your needs change, I think as entrepreneurs, we have to be willing to be taught what we don't know and then take those opportunities and apply them either to what will further us on a personal financial basis or will help us grow our business. Mm-hmm. And I think without that ability to be willing to be taught, it is a huge hindrance to success. I do agree, and I love the expression, I'm teachable. It sounds great. My final question, before I ask you what is the best way to connect with you, my final question Mm -hmm. is an amounting question. And as my listeners already know, 
I've been imagining this journey of entrepreneurship as climbing a mountain. Step after step after step, and then when you reach the peak, you usually look to the higher peak, and sometimes you need to go down. And at some point, I started to ask my guests whether they ever climbed the mountain or wished to climb the mountain, and that's what I'm asking you. Do you have any relationships with mountains at all? I live in the Caribbean, and I don't really have mountains, but we have very high hills. And not too long ago, uh, we, we took the grandchildren and, and my husband and I, and we went climbing up um, this one particular hill that is, it is lovingly nicknamed Goat Hill. <laughs> the reason for that is when you start going up, and it's a relatively steep path that is fairly cleared, but, you know, it's not perfect. You have goats that are watching you because there's a, a herd of wild goats up there. Mm-hmm. So periodically you have somebody, you know, looking at you through the trees. So I would say that as of my mountain story, that means you always know somebody is watching even when you're not aware of it. Mm-hmm. And as you go up, when you're trying to get your footing in certain places, you're going to slip back a little bit. Your footing's not solid. And then you usually, at some point, I had to ask for my husband's hand to help pull me up just a little bit further. So I think you need help going up the mountain. I don't think you could ever do that by yourself. And when we got to the top, we had an amazing vista up there where you can see all around a huge part of the island. And at the top is an old lighthouse. Mm. Now, the lighthouse has been defunct for very many years. So it's it's aged. Um, but, you know, it, it makes nice little pictures. So it shows, you know, sometimes that, you know, things are obsolete and that, you know, times change. But the nice thing about being up there is you cannot appreciate that particular view from anywhere else mm. on the island unless you're willing to climb that mountain. And then after you've enjoyed it for a little while, it's time to go back down the mountain because it's time to do something else. Well, I don't have a mountain, but I would say our little trek up Goat Hill might apply. (laughs) It does. Amy, what is the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch? Well, if you would like to see my courses, you can go to the, T-H-E, secret, S-E-C-R-E-T, profits, P-R-O-F-I-T-S dot com, the secret profits dot com slash courses, and you'll see the many courses that I have. And in addition to that, if you would go to the secret profits dot com, you can download a free ebook that has seven secrets to adding 10 to 100,000 to your bottom line. And there is a link there that you can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call if you would like. So I am very easy to find. And if you Google my name, I can be found. Mm. And we will have all these links in the show notes of this interview. Amy, I would like to thank you. I enjoyed this conversation. I think you all have quite a lot to learn from this and from your uh, experience and thank you so much oh Hayud it's been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to the day that we get to see each other face to face one of these days once again I hope so and thank you so much take care be blessed (laughs) bye bye and for you our listeners until the next time it all goes down to this 
you either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.